Welcome to the Fuzzy Mike, the interview series, the podcast, whatever Kevin wants to call it. It's Fuzzy Mike. I brushed my teeth, so you're good. Well, you're good with it? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It would suck if I did not tell you that. My understanding is that you need to have your teeth brushed anyway because after tomorrow's show, you get to go home to Blair and Beckett. Is that correct? Well, they're a little mad at me. Oh, really? Because I actually took a de- I'm taking a detour. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big race fan. Any race fans in here? Y'all like racing? All right, so they're having a big dirt track race in Louisiana tomorrow. Okay. Where I'm from. Your home state. And since the show got canceled for Saturday, I get to go to it now. Oh. And Mama's not happy, so. I can't imagine why. Can't imagine why. You are a huge race fan. Uh, you're a big fan of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Big Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. Now, what is it about Dale since he's retired that you like better about him now? Um, well, he's a daddy. Uh-huh. That's kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. cool to see that side of him. Uh, I like Dale better as a, as a driver, though. Right. <laughs> and did, do you really do the uh, – you, you went to, in Vegas 200 miles an hour or something? It was like 165. Were you driving? Absolutely not. Okay. No. You were a passenger? I was a passenger. We was doing a little – I don't know what you call it. You ride along. What you call it? You ever done it before? Anybody done a ride along? Yeah. No. Yeah, you'd like that? Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and you're riding along, and you're going 165 miles per hour. It was a professional driver driving, I'm professional assuming. Professional driver, yeah. And what's crazy about it is you see this stuff on TV, and people's like, oh, they're just making laughs. That stuff's really hard. Oh, I and bet. So the first time we went around the corner, the, the force that goes against you, like I thought we was going to spin out the whole time, uh-huh. but obviously we didn't. Thank God. But, right. Yeah. How close to the wall do you come? Like half a foot. Did you brace? Did you cringe? Or did yes, you go I loose? Did. No, no, no. No, I was, my body hurt when I got out because I was just <laughs> doing this so much, but it was still cool. Yeah? Yeah. What's it feel like going that fast? I don't know. What do you see? You don't see, I didn't see a lot because I was like this the whole time, but uh, man, it was, it was really cool. Like me growing up being a big race fan, I mean, I always said like, oh, if I didn't play music maybe i could go drive a car and i realized after that day no i don't need to be driving a race car i'm just gonna stick to playing a guitar so much yeah. safer absolutely at least it seems to be anyway no it is i, I want to be as unobtrusive as possible because all the focus needs to be on the front of the stage but i do like to ask the question so that we yes. get to know the artist and the songs a little bit more in depth and so let me ask you about that song hooked right there uh a couple of different questions i want to ask regarding that number one it's a song you could have easily written about blair but you did not write that song i did not write that song so morgan evans y'all know morgan evans yeah morgan evans is a writer seth ennis is a writer who's going out on tour with you later That's on that's right seth is going out on a headlining tour first of the year and a guy named Lindsey Rhymes who's a big songwriter out of Nashville. Did they but write it for you or did you find they it? They didn't. So y'all know, everybody knows Kelsey Ballerini. No, so, never heard of her. Yeah. Kelsey and Morgan are obviously married. So Kelsey had Peter Pan on the radio uh-huh. at the time. And so they wrote Hooked. Ah. Captain, Captain Hook and Peter Pan. You get it? Yeah. So they wrote that song and Morgan wrote it and I think Morgan had planned on, he was going to record it and release it and then I got it like through the grapevine and I called him up. I was like, man, I really want to, I really want to record this song. And he was like, go for it. So I was like, all right, cool. That was way easier than what I expected. Really? You know, because if I write a song and another artist and they want to, they want to record it and I really love it, I'm probably going to tell them no. But he uh-huh. was like, yeah, absolutely. So I was like, all right, that was really, really easy. So, and my wife really loved it and she said I needed to record it, record it. So we did. And yeah, the rest is history. So I guess it begs the question, at least to me it does. Um, 
is that a, a huge form of flattery that he says, "Yeah, absolutely, go and do it"? Or Absol- is it a? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, for another for another artist to let you record a song that he wrote that he probably planned on putting on his album, I mean, that's pretty awesome. You introduce that song as a it's a number two. Uh, yeah. It means that it reached number two on the charts, didn't right. quite reach number one, which as I heard you say, you know what? That's okay. It had its success. It had its run, but. You said, in a way, it was like reaching a number one. What does that mean? What it means is, it's like, so the chart for us is like, it's bragging rights is what that is. So anything past the top five is really the same. It's all the same. But to say you got a number one is like, oh, I got number one, right? I'm not really worried about that. You know, it got to number two, and it didn't get to number one because Luke Bryan went number one for two weeks. So if I lost a number one to Luke Bryan, like, I'll take that, okay? Kind of sucked. But I'll still take it. So is, Hope is for the best. The so. delay in new stuff then, is that to completely build the story off of Dylan Scott, the first album, so that everybody knows you before we go hear new stuff? Is that is that kind of by design or is that just I'm helping you BS your way through life right here? Um as far as what? What do you mean? Well, like you want the new stuff to come out. I wanted it out a year ago. But the label says, you know what, hang on a second, let's run this first stuff Yeah, through. so the way I look at it is it's like we live in a day and age now where people listen to a song for about three months and then they're tired of it, right? Or maybe not tired of it, but they don't listen to it as much anymore, including myself. So it's like I write music almost every day. We write new songs. I got a ton of new stuff that's just sitting in my phone right now that could be released and people could enjoy it and tell their friends about it. And me as a new artist – you know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to get the word out about a new artist. So the more stuff I put out, the more people listen to it or don't listen to it, but tell their friends and their friends tell their friends. And then before you know it, you know, you're Lady Gaga or something. Well, 44 million Spotify listens, yeah. 67 million Spotify listens. I mean, people are knowing who Dylan Scott is. That's for yeah. sure. But it's it's really cool. Our album's done really well for yeah. us and we've uh, it's, it's, it's done good. We got some ladies in here. I see we got some some guys in here as well. Where's the where's the couples at? Couples, couples. All right, are y'all married? Are y'all married? Just dating. This is perfect. Got a married couple and a couple that's not. How long have y'all been married? Seventeen years. Six kids. Give them a round of applause, real quick. Absolutely. So you've been you've been married long enough to answer this question truthfully. Is she crazy? That. <laughs> That's a good answer right there. That's a good answer. So I usually ask where all the crazy ladies at, and all the ladies are like, oh, I'm crazy. Here I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. You admitted it for sure. But uh, I've been with my wife since I was 15 years old. 15. Same deal? Okay. So I was 15. She was 16. Is she older? Oh, okay. Well, my wife's older. And uh, I remember as a 16-year-old boy, I'd go pick her up. And if I told her I was going to pick her up at 6, it was usually like 7, right? Mine was late, always. And so I didn't understand why. I knew it took her a long time to get ready, but I didn't understand the process. And so finally we got married two years ago, and I saw the process that you ladies have to go through to get ready. And usually my wife, it starts with like a 30, 40-minute bubble bath. And then she's got to fix her hair and do her makeup and all that stuff. And then when she went to the closet... I remember watching this. We were probably married two weeks. And I remember just seeing this whole deal go down. She walks to the closet and she picks her outfit out. And she puts it on. She goes to the mirror. And when she gets to the mirror, she does her little side angles, these little angles you girls do. And she looked at me and she goes, it's, just, it's not cute enough. I said, we're going bowling. It's fine. Like, you look great. 
and she got mad. She took that off. She found something else. And when she was putting on outfit number three, I went and sat in the truck. And I said, baby, just come out when you're ready and we'll, we'll go. And she did. She came out about what seemed like 30 minutes later. It's probably 15 minutes later. And she was wearing outfit number one, the outfit that didn't look right the first time. All of a sudden, she's happy with it. And so I called her crazy. And she got mad at me for actually calling her crazy. And so kind of like you just said, later that night, we was laying in bed. This is a true story. And I said, listen, you can be as crazy as you want to be as long as you're crazy over me at the end of the night. That's all that matters because you're actually crazy putting up with my crazy tale. So next day I wrote this song, became my very first top 40 single at Country Radio. So it's called Crazy Over Me. It goes like this. You gotta be crazy to ever let a boy like me call you, baby. I, I, you know, we could do a week's worth of material on oh, yeah. on Blair and your relationship. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, just watch, looking at your Instagram and looking at your text message conversations, uh, especially the one about the diapers being out at Kroger, but they're not going to be in until the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, she literally is like hilarious. You know that. I mean, My crazy, wife, but hilarious. hilarious. Yes. Yeah, she's crazy. You're right. Um, she is funny. I, ha- I have a great wife. Um, we try to keep it real. You know, we're trying not to be nobody. We're really not. And we're both just the same people that grew up in northeast Louisiana. We grew up 10 minutes apart, known each other since seventh grade. And we just like to have fun, you know. How satisfying is it to achieve what you've achieved already in your career? Yeah. And have her been there since day one? It, I mean, first of all, it means a lot for her to be there because there was a time when I was 21 years old living in Nashville in a little one bedroom apartment by myself. Her, she, we did long distance relationship for six years. She stayed in Louisiana. And so there was a time where I called her up. I said, you know what? And I was signed. I was signed to Curb Records, the same record label I'm with now. Just nothing wasn't happening. But I called her up. I said, I'm coming home. I'm done with it. It's, it's, I'm going to go get a, a regular job, whatever I got to do. Cause I mean, I'm not making any money right now. I'm, I can't afford my truck. No, I can't do anything. And she says, no. You're going to stay there. She's like, even if you got to go down to Kroger and just push buggies back in or something, you know, I said, okay, all right. If you say so, yes, ma'am. And so it was like literally the next week, like, oh, I caught a little break, you know, but she's just, she's always been there to encourage me and coach me. And it's meant a lot to me. How do you repay that support? That's just, that's amazing. I gave her a baby. You gave her a baby. Wow. I gave her a baby. She's been on that for a while. So, yeah. <laughs> How has Beckett uh, changed your life? Oh, dude, being a daddy, that's the best thing in the whole entire world. Yeah. I mean, it re- it honestly is. People tell you that because I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews and I love them to death, but they say not until you have your own. And that's the truth. I mean, there is nothing in this world. Exactly. You're exactly right. You never know what love's like until you have a kid. And what's crazy is Garrett over here, my bass player, we've been together for how many years? Four or five now? Our kids are three days apart. Really? So I tell people, we had three days off in March, and we made the most of it. So, yeah. <laughs> that was last year. Uh, how did you decide on the name Beckett, if it's not too personal of a question? That's what Blair wanted, and that's what Blair got. There you go. You but gave her the baby, she, she gave the name. Get. There was a lot she didn't get. She said some names that I said absolutely not on, <laughs> but I figured since, you know, I kind of like that. Actually, I really like it now, but at the time, I was like, I kind of like that, so... 
I, I, I spoke with, uh, with Brooke earlier, and I asked her yeah. if it would be possible if you might be able to play this song for us. And since we're talking about Beckett, I think yeah. that it would be great if you could play 3 a.m. for us. I could do and that. And tell us about the, the lead-up to the story and also you playing at the Opry. Sure, absolutely. It's been a minute since I've played this song. Matter of fact, I don't even know what key we're going to play this song in. Well, you said there was no set list, so I figured, you know what, There what is the no heck? set list. Just nope. throw it out there. Let's if it just sticks, do it whatever. Sticks. Yeah. If there's something y'all want to hear, we can do that, too. So um, if I mess the words up, I'm sorry. I'm human. But um, after I became a dad, this was like the first daddy song that I wrote. And uh, it's basically the song's about when you're younger and before you're married and have kids and all that stuff, you have no responsibilities, really. And so the things you did at 3 a.m. is not the things you do at 3 a.m. once you have a kid. You may be rocking at 3 a.m. at 20, 21, 22, but you're also rocking at when you have a kid, too. You're rocking him back to sleep. So it's a different kind of rocking, but uh, that's where we came up with the idea of 3 a.m. And it's not the Matchbox 20 song, so... I can't imagine why people in Houston would dog the way you dress. Let's see. Well, your Instagram see, profile is a Dodgers jersey. I know. Here's the deal. I have a very um, wide range of clothes that I wear, right? Uh-huh. So I grew up in northeast Louisiana. Grew up in Levi jeans and square toe boots like a lot of you guys probably wear. But, you know, I, my wife put me in my first pair of skinny britches, right? <laughs> and from there, I was like, okay, I can get used to this. And so I've kind of branched out. And, man, I might wear I might wear square toe boots square toe boots one day i might wear a pair of slide on vans the next day i might wear i mean who knows what i'm gonna wear but hey that's kind of the world we live in these days but there are people that go well that ain't country oh yeah sure well, you tell me what country is then how about that tell me what country is what is Whatever. country yeah it, nothing nothing so you want me to be a redneck no, no, I'm asking. Uh, like, no, I'm just saying. I think country. That's why I want to tell people. Yeah. So I want to. They just get behind their phone. They go, man, that ain't country. He's like, well, what do you want me to be? Like, you want me to like, like take the floors out of my house and I don't know. Anyway, we're getting off on something else real quick. You know? Did you? Uh, you he's country. Look at him. I, I think we See, all. That's what are. I'm saying, right? In, in our own way, I think we all are because I no, think we, country is a feeling. Absolutely. I don't think country is is absolutely. a lifestyle. I think it's a feeling, really. It is. Yeah, it is. It's just the way it's whatever you want it to be, honestly. But I mean, I guess I like this is the way I like to say it. I grew up a huge Keith Whitley fan. Any Keith Whitley fans? All right. That's my guy. Like, that's my hero growing up. But even think about this. Keith Whitley back in the 80s, the stuff he was putting out. I'm sure there was people in the that was back in the 60s and 70s artists that were or fans of that time period were going, well, Keith Whitley, man, that stuff ain't country. Right. But we think it's it's just perspective. But. Well, I if I'm not mistaken, when George Strait first came out, people didn't think that was country. People thought that was pop. That was kind of rock. Yeah. But now he's the king of country. So, I mean, things evolve and things change. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, George Strait kind of had something to do with you and, and Blair. You did Cross My Heart for her or something. And that was <laughs> yeah. that just it took that off from a, there, huh? It was a nightmare, actually. It was so. a nightmare. Probably our second Valentine's Day. I'm 17 or maybe it was our third Valentine's Day. I'm like a 17-year-old boy, and I wanted to do it right. So I got my sister. I called into Olive Garden, which I love Olive Garden, by the way. I called into Olive Garden. I placed an order. I got my sister to go pick it up. And my sister worked at this hair salon, so nobody was there at night. So I got her to put this table out with candles and stuff, and she put the Olive Garden there. So then I brought Blair into the salon. It was dark. And, you know, 17-year-old boy, that's romantic, right? I thought, hey, I got this in the bag. And then I pulled the guitar out and tried to sing. Was it? I think it was. It was Cross My Heart, George Strait, a song that man, you sing your whole life. And then I get to the second verse, 
I got so nervous. I forgot the whole second verse. <laughs> then it went from being like super like her like oh to like she's like all right you you can you can stop now <laughs> like all right all right whatever but that was it was it was very embarrassing very embarrassing but. yeah but the attempt man the effort just yeah. we'll look at you now you know, I know right? ten years of uh, being relation uh, relationship and then two years of marriage thirteen uh, thirteen thirteen years yeah congratulations guys Thank that's you. huge I man. appreciate it so the first song of mine that I ever heard on the radio was a song called making this boy go crazy okay we put that song out six years ago. You know, and it didn't quite do what I wanted it to do, but that's part of the process. You know, this is it's a process. But I remember riding down the road and I was talking to a buddy of mine. We were just sitting there, just, you know, just talking, shooting the bull. And the, the radio was down low, but you could still hear it. And we was probably halfway through the song before I realized, I was like, hey, dude. And I cranked it up. I was like, that's me. That's me on the radio, you know? And it was, it was a cool feeling, but I mean, Still to this day, it, it don't get old. I mean, it was probably, what's today, Thursday? Monday, Monday I was at home, and I think Blair and I were going to Publix or somewhere to get some groceries, and we're just riding down the road talking, and then my girl comes on the radio. I mean, it, it never it never gets old, you know, to hear yourself on, on the radio, because that's, since I was a little kid, that's what I wanted. I wanted to move to Nashville and put music out and get your songs on the radio, and it's it's happening and there's there's times in your my life where i was like it's not gonna happen as much as i want it to have it's not now is the pressure's on to like okay i gotta continue to make great music and hopefully people still come and watch us play and listen to our music and so have you had your i made it moment dylan yeah i went back over here have you had your everywhere three times at the opry a number one uh a number two have you had your i made it moment yet i don't know if there's an i made it moment somebody said something the other day and they were like, oh, now that you're famous, I was like, dude, I'm not famous. Like, famous is a perspective. That's a perspective thing, right? It's mm-hmm. just what you think it is. And to me, like, I'll never, I'll never be famous. Like, I don't understand that. But, I mean, I think what we've done so far is, like, that's what I've set out to do. I've set out to have a number one song, and we did that. And now we've had a number two, and I've played the Opry three times now. I've got my son on the Opry. I'm, I've opened up for Justin Moore and Lee Bryce and all these guys, and we've played arenas. I mean, it's not like, I mean, I've made it. It's just like, man, we're doing it. You know, we're, we're, we're doing it. Let's keep it going. But there's a lot more I want to do. You know, I want to have several more number ones, and I want to go from selling out Three to four thousand seaters to ten thousand, then fifteen thousand, and you know, there's. And my mind says, is where's the next goal? Let's let's set that next goal and go for so it. So, how is reality the same or different than the dream when you were in junior high, wanting to do this as a career? It's a little different, you know, because when you're a kid, you don't see the business side of it, and everything's got a business side to it. Everything, and music's no different. There's a business side to it, and so. When you're when I was a kid, and I'm a, I'm a huge Tim McGraw fan, I'd see Tim McGraw on his tour bus and going here and playing these massive shows to people like that. That's the coolest thing in the world, and it still is. But I didn't realize all the stuff that you got to go through to get to that, and it's it's a lot. But at the same time, that being said, even though we still see the business and it, we look at it a little different, every night that I step on stage, I'm I go back to that time when I was 16, 17. It's that when you're on stage, it's that moment. It's like all right. 
this is the dream right here. Hey, Dylan, just very quickly before we get into the other song, um, our engineer actually had a really great question that I want to run by you because yeah. we were talking about the first time you heard your song. And what about the first time you heard your voice recorded? We as radio people, that's the hardest thing for us to get over in radio is listening to our own voice. I hate hearing myself. Is that right? Yeah. So if you was to record this conversation right now and play it back for me, I would cringe the whole time because I just hate listening to myself. And I, same with my music. I mean, I have to listen to my music because I got to make sure it's right. But like once it's done... I do not go back and listen to myself. I don't know. I just hope for the best. Like, all right, I got it right. Let's see if everybody else likes it. But, um, well, we do. It's just hard to listen to your voice. I mean, I'm sure y'all noticed that and heard voicemails or something like, why do I sound like that? Why do I, (laughs) why am I talking like that? But this is a little portion that I like to call rapid fire. Come on. Where we just throw questions at you and you give us the quickest answer that you I'm not can. Good about, I'm not good at that. We're slow in Louisiana. So. Well, it, it's okay. I just call it rapid fire. Right, we think can take, about this for a minute. We can take our time as much as All possible. Right. Who is the NBA player seven foot one that you're friends with? Myers Leonard. Do you work out with him? Uh, no, I've never worked out with him. Okay. Because I know you work out a lot. Who's your favorite bodybuilder? Uh, Julian Smith. Don't Anybody know Julian? Julian. No. Oh, come on now. All how, right. how often do you work out? I try to work out every day, like if it's even it's just like cardio or yeah, just go down to the hotel gym and just do abs or something. I don't know. Okay, I like to eat, obviously from Louisiana, so it's not like I try to work out to be like this big dude or something. I just try to like eat what I want, so I got to work out every day. So I can okay, eat so what that's I want. the impetus for it, then. absolutely. Yeah, because the diet, absolutely. I get it. Otherwise, it, yeah. how hard is it to eat good on the road? Very hard. I had a water burger for lunch. Well, that's good eats. That's good eats. And I didn't go to the gym today, so oh, it didn't work out. It didn't man. work out today, but I love Whataburger. Uh, yeah. Little known fact about Dylan Scott, you really like skunk smell? I love the smell of a skunk. He does it, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? When I, when I smell a skunk, it just reminds me of late at night, like driving home from town or something with my parents, and, you know, you smell that skunk, and it's like, it's very comforting to me. I'm, I was with mom and dad, and I knew I was safe, and I don't know. That's the, is that weird? Is that, that is, weird? Oh, come on now. Yeah, hey, A little bit? Blair just right. called. She said you're crazy. Well, she knows I'm crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you'll remember this, but you were videoed off stage doing the Carlton dance. Is that a staple of your backstage it's not a repertoire? Staple. No, it's, it's not a staple. It's just every now and then you get off stage, or I get off stage, and if it was just this crazy show, like it takes me a good 15, 20 minutes to like wind down. Like I'm just fired up. You know? Do we all know what the Carlton is? The Car- Fresh Prince of Bel Air? No, okay. I'm not doing the Carlton. <laughs> Let it be known that I did My not ask that. My are too tight to do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Are y'all serious right now? <laughs> Cue the music, man. He don't have the music. I'm sorry. Oh, darn. All right. I'll almost give you everything you want tonight. So, What is it like singing your song and hearing 600 to 6,000 people singing it back to you? That's the ultimate. Is it? I mean, for me, that just tells me, like, man... They like the song, first of all, but um, I remember the probably the first time I actually was was my girl. Mm-hmm. That's when I first heard people actually sing something back to me. And writing that song, I was sitting in a room with a buddy of mine, and at that moment, you're not thinking that, man, nobody's going to sing this song back to you. You're not thinking that at all. I, mean, I was just thinking, how are we going to get this song out for people to, to hear it, much less them yell it back to me as loud as they can. There's some nights, man, we play it. I can't hear myself. 
And that's a cool feeling too, because it's like I look over at this is Booba, everybody. I look over at I look over at Booba. It's like, hey dude, I think I lost my vocal. He's like, no. It's like I'm hearing them singing. I just can't hear myself, and it's it's really cool. Man, that is, I can't even imagine that. That's yeah. so when artists do, they're singing and they go like this. Yeah. It's not because they're lazy. It's because you're really enjoying hearing people sing back. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Like we put the microphone out. I want to hear it as I want y'all like blow your voice out. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I just it's it's just cool, you know. It's cool to, for me, I guess y'all are all facing towards me, right? So if you all said something, your voice is going this way. So people back there don't hear it like I'm gonna hear it, but I hear it really, really loud. So it's like when y'all are singing back to me, even though it don't sound loud in the back, it's super loud up front. And to me, it's like I don't know. It's just a it's a is, it's a rush. Is Crown and Sprite still the drink of choice? Never was. Never, Never was. was. How did that? Uh, how Here's did that a happen? Fun then? fact: It rhymed really good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's my girl in the past. Ball cap. What's the lyric? Yeah, sipping Crown and Sprite. Ooh, she got me like Sprite, like so it couldn't be Jack and Coke got me like. It don't rhyme. Right. And so I was like Sprite. So what mixes with Sprite? And Crown actually mixes with Sprite. It's a little sweet. A little sweet, okay, but you can drink it. And what Eminem song was Blair rapping to? Lose yourself. You okay, is she song? good? She's really good. Really, her daddy is a um, a huge '80s rock guy. Okay, and so she grew up on '80s rock, and from '80s rock, she went to like rap and pop, and then it wasn't until I came along that she actually listened to country music, which she loves country music now, but. So she knows all those old school rock songs. She used to sing them with her daddy, and I'm not a big old school rock guy. I just I don't know the music. I'm maybe like a little Boston, maybe like more than a feeling, but that's really about it. And so I'm 19 years old. I'm living in Nashville. She's living in Louisiana. And so if I wasn't out on the road playing music, I'd get in my truck and I would drive eight hours to Louisiana. And this one night, we're riding around. She's in the passenger seat. We're riding back roads. That's just kind of what we did back there. And um. Eminem came on the radio, and my wife's really shy. She's really, really shy. So the last thing I expected was her to, like, move over to my side of the truck and get right here in my ear, right right here, which is my spot. And then, you know, she starts rapping this song word for word, and I thought, okay, after a few lines, she'll quit. And she rapped that whole stinking song, and I had no idea she even knew it. I've never heard her sing, never heard anything, but she can rap, and she can rap good. And so as a 19-year-old boy, that was – the hottest thing I'd experienced that moment in my life. So I just wrote a song about it. And what were her thoughts when she heard it for the first time? She loved it. Yeah. I mean, she, how do you not? It? it is a great song. Yeah, she's like, Oh, you wrote a song about me. You know, she thought it was, you know, funny. And, but at the same time, and she thought it was really sweet. So, well, we'd love to hear it. Your number one song, buddy. Yeah, Congratulations. We'll Absolutely. So I wrote this song 19 going on 20 and see, I'll be, I'll be 28 on Monday. My 22nd. Happy early birthday. Yeah. So when did this, I guess it was six years later after I wrote this song that it actually did what it did. So it's kind of crazy, but never thought that a song about my wife rapping to an Eminem song would ever be my first number one, but it was, and it's kind of cool. It's a cool story. It's, 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 it's cool for me and my wife to experience something like that. Not only our first, my first number one, but it's a song about us as well. So, congratulations on all the success. Thank you so Happy much. Happy early birthday. Thank you. And promise. congrats on uh, the delivery of Beckett and relationship goals, brother. You guys got I it nailed. It. Thank you guys for coming out here. 
That's it for the Fuzzy Mike. Thank you. The Fuzzy Mike with Kevin Klein. Executive producer, Trish Klein. Mouth noises by Zach Sheesh at the Radio Farm. Fuzzy Mike. Get your fuzz fix online anytime at thefuzzymike.com. Everywhere with the iHeartRadio app and in this pocket. Wow, that is a lot of fuzz. Thanks for listening to the Fuzzy Mike. 